We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now, people are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition, the almost Thanksgiving edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm Steve Peretz, joined as always by Sarah Kelleher, Dusty Evely. What is going on, boys and girls? Football. Football. Packers football. Woo! I was thinking food, but yeah. Packers turkey, football. turkey, turkey, gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Okay, so the Packers lost to the Colts in a heartbreaker. Um, now sitting at seven and three with apparently like everybody else in the NFC uh, outside of the NFC East. You know, that's just we don't talk about them. That's just we no nobody understands what's happening there. But um, so the Packers lost to the Colts. Sarah, dive in for us because I'm sure you just had a lot of fun writing the article <laughs> for Cheesehead TV. Uh, and the, the, the takeaways from the game. So what happened on Twitter? Please tell us. 
I mean, that sucked. Let's be honest. That sucked. And it really, like, the first half gave me a lot of hope because I knew this was a big game and these are two teams that are most likely going to be playoff teams. And it, it really kind of felt like a playoff game. Like, they were kind of going back and forth for a bit. There was turnovers and just everything was going crazy. And, you know, when Aaron Rodgers and the offense kind of connected and found their rhythm right before half and they, put, and they went up by two touchdowns right before the half, I was like, this is great. Like, we're, we're here, we're in it to win it, I'm feeling really good about it. And then the second half was just a total collapse in all three phases of the game, honestly. There was, you know, the offense went three and out, like, every time they had the ball pretty much, except at the very end. Um, the defense was on the field pretty much the entire second half, and obviously you could tell because they got worn out very quickly. Um, and I know everyone was calling for coaches to be fired, players to never see the field again, and, of course, overreacting like um, Packers Twitter loves to do. And then special teams was a little bit of a mess, too. J.K. Scott struggled. Uh, Darius Shepard fumbled on that return. So I know a lot of people were really upset and pointing fingers and putting the blame on certain people, but this was really a total team loss. That was my biggest takeaway. Yes, there were some glaring errors, and there were some things that, you know, were very obvious, but this team somehow in the second half broke down, you know, in every phase of the game. And it really sucked, but I think there was a lot of, you know, good things to take away from it. Uh, Despite the L, you know, there were some bright spots too. Uh, And now you just have to look forward to this week. Bob's over. Yeah. Everything Sarah said. I mean, it was it wasn't a it wasn't a fun game, but I mean, I'm I, and a lot of kind of echoing. It seems like what a lot of players. I know Rogers was saying after the fact too. Like, I actually feel kind of good about this. Like, the Colts are a legit team. Like, the, the Colts are a very very good team. We went into that game. I you know I assume the Packers are going to win. I assume the Packers are always going to win. That's that's how I tend to look at these things uh, for the most part. But. The Colts are a very good team with a very good defense, and they were missing, uh, you know, one of their big pass rushers, but that's still a very good front, um, a very good tackling team, and, and a good offensive team. And the Packers, I mean, were blowing them out in the first half and then just fell apart in the second half, and that sucks, but they still, like, they, they still took them to overtime. When they were down at the end by three, they found a way in under near impossible circumstances, it seemed like, to drive down the field and get a field goal to tie it up. Like, mistakes were made, and like Sarah said, there was failures on essentially every single level. The, the Shepard fumble was bad. Shepard also just let that one go that almost, that just barely hit the end zone line, or else that's like a kickoff that's that's at the two. Like like you said, failure at multiple levels of the game. J.K. Scott punting 35 yards in a dome is ridiculous. That should not happen. But it's you still walk away from it going like, okay, they're not going to turn the ball over four times. It was uncharacteristic there, and they played really well against a very good team. So uh, not a good, great game at all. Um, I mean, it was it was fun. I'm sure if you're on the outside looking in, it was fun. It was back and forth. Uh, it was a game against two good teams, but I'd I don't know. I came out of it like that game sucks, but they they looked pretty good if not if not for the turnovers, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean you have four turnovers, you hang thirty one on the number one ranked defense in the NFL. That's not that's not something that you can, you know, sneeze at. Like that's something you can build upon, clean some things up and and do better. So there were some positives. There was a whole slew of negatives that came out after the game as well. We're if you've been on Twitter, then you know about it. Like, we're not going to dive into that tonight. We're, you, you've, you've heard about that plenty enough. But 
what we will dive into is our prop bet. And, uh, Sarah, do you want to take it just because you lost? And I'm just kidding. Uh, so Sarah finally lost. Sarah's, Sarah's winning streak is over. We had uh, the prop bet of what the Packers' offense would score, and it was 24.5, and it was the over-under. Dusty and I both had the over. So now we are all sitting at 4-5 and five for the year. We will have one for the Bears game coming up uh, to be followed. But, Sarah, we're going to jump to you. You were able to watch uh, most of the McAfee show, right? Yeah, I watched all of it. So Okay. Why don't you uh, fill the people in on some of the most important things you heard? Um, okay. Well, there was there were a couple – there were quite a few funny moments um, in this episode. Uh, the first one and one of the first questions that Pat McAfee and his, uh, his boys asked Aaron Rodgers was – about Mike McCarthy smashing the watermelon with his sledgehammer um, in the Cowboys locker room. They asked him, one, uh, was he surprised about this? And just two, what his initial reaction was. And he said he was not surprised at all, which I found (laughs) hilarious. Um, And he said Mike McCarthy always had a unique way of motivating the team with different themes for every week. So he was not surprised that he brought that out at all. They uh, they also talked about Rodgers had a no-look pass, which mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people overlooked in the game on Sunday, and uh, they brought it up and they started talking about it, and Aaron Rodgers' response to it was, well, yeah, they didn't really show it because I'm on, I'm on the Green Bay Packers, kind of implying, you know, I'm not Pat Mahomes, so they're not going to talk about <laughs> me throwing no-look pass. Um, and so I loved that. I thought that was pretty hilarious. But from there, he went into a whole story about how when he was a rookie, that's when he kind of started to feel inspired to improve his no-look pass because he saw Favre would do it a lot and that he did it so much in his like <laughs> rookie training camp that one of the coaches eventually was just like, tell that like effing rookie to stop throwing those no-look passes. I can't do- deal with it anymore. Um so that was interesting. And then um, he talked a lot about MBS and just, you know, the reaction to that. He said after the game he went over and gave MBS a hug, and he reminded him that they wouldn't have even been in overtime if it weren't for him. Um, he did say that late into the fourth quarter when, you know, you could kind of tell things were going to come down to the wire. On the sideline he uh, went up to MBS and said, you know, I'm going to have to throw one up to you in a little bit, so be ready. Um, and so he said he was ready to go. I have that confidence in him, and obviously he came up with the big play. And then uh, he uh, went back to his roots a little bit at the end of that question and said anyone that feels like they you know, need to say something to a player on Twitter that's negative and just terrible, they can relax. That's what he said. So... Those are kind of the main points. It was a really great episode. I laughed a lot, and it was a good midday watch. So if you haven't checked that out, I definitely would. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, 
Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Yeah, I did enjoy it too. He he pulled some some MVS stats and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. which which I really liked. It was just he you know, he he kinda was able to pull them out and saying, you know, he's I don't have him right in front of me, but saying how, you know, I think it was he's got one of the one of the most like deep balls um receptions in the league since twenty eighteen. He's got like a seventeen point something yards per reception. And that's like third most since 2018 since he was drafted. So, I mean, he was able to pull some of those stats out and defend him. And, like, it's one of those things. Normally with Rodgers, you can tell he if he doesn't like a guy, he's not going back to him. And he continually goes back to MBS. Like, he's got that faith in him and wants to build that confidence knowing that that skill level is there. So it's pretty cool to see um, how much he's got. Other news and notes, we've got the fact that the – Carolina game in week 15 has now been flexed. It will be on Saturday night now, 7.15 Central Time. So, I mean, exciting stuff. It'll be good for another Packers primetime game. Carolina Panthers, I mean, they haven't been great. Uh, McCaffrey probably will be back, but he's been in and out of the lineup now since he's returned, so it'll be Fascinating to see what's going on. We've also got uh, Charles Woodson is now eligible for the Hall of Fame. He is a semifinalist. Uh, with he's now the one of the 25 modern era players, as well as Leroy Butler. So, will be interesting to see who gets in, who gets moved to the finalists. Um, what do you guys think? Is is he going to be in? Silver and black or green and gold when Woodson goes in? I'll go I'll go green and gold. Just a, it's he got a Super Bowl there. He played more years in Oakland, um Las Vegas, wherever. Where, where wherever they are now, wherever they were when he was playing. He played more years there. Uh but you know, he got a Super Bowl in Green Bay. That was kind of where he resurrected his career when kind of no one else wanted him. That kind of I think you know, I, not to say he was not a Hall of Famer before he came to Green Bay, but that's where he really solidified his, his Hall of Fame career. So for me, it seems like green and gold, but uh, I think, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if he goes uh, with the Raiders. But take that, get that Super Bowl uniform. Just put him in that Super Bowl uniform. All right. And then uh, final news and notes for the week. We've got a uh, different crew for Sunday night Packers-Bears game at Lambeau. Tariko is going to be on play-by-play. Tony Dungy is going to be the analyst. And Catherine Tappan will be your sideline reporter. So uh, a little bit of change of pace, probably with the holidays and everything like that. But uh, I always love when Tariko is doing play-by-play. I think he's uh, supremely underrated uh, doing that, and I'm thoroughly excited to see that. So, I, And I'm also excited that Greg Jennings is not going to be doing the game. So hmm. I don't know. Just me. That's just me. But let's jump in. We're going to do the Packers offense 
versus the Bears defense. Uh, so, Dusty, no, Sarah, Sarah, I, I apologize. We're going to start with you. As always, we're going to do the one thing you're looking for in the game, and obviously we end with Dusty because he's the most analytical out of the three of us. So, Sarah, let's start with you. What are you looking for as far as the Packers' offense versus the Bears' defense this week on Sunday Night Football? I'm going to be looking for how the Packers' offensive line matches up with uh, the Bears' front seven. I think, you know, on defense, that's where their strengths are. Um, and then they have, you know, guys like Cleo Mack and Roquan Smith, and together they are, you know, quite a deadly duo. So um, if there's damage to be done um, on the Bears' defense, that's where it's going to happen. So Bears' defense ranks eighth with, you know, four yards allowed per rush so far um, on the season, which is, is pretty good. Um, and I know Aaron Rodgers talked about this on the Pat McAfee show today, or yesterday too. He just said everything – when they played the Bears, becomes ten times more physical than any other game throughout the season. And he said the Bears could be the worst team, they could be the best team, but we always play each other very physically. Um, so I'm curious, you know, how the line holds up, how the pass protection is. Um, and I think the line has done a great job for most of the year, and I think they'll do a great job again um, on Sunday, but it is something that I'm going to look for. I'm looking at the secondary of the Bears uh, and their their ability to to watch the long ball from MVS, uh, from Devontae. Eddie Jackson is now on the COVID reserve list, so that leaves Kyle Fuller as, like, the number one cornerback. But then outside of that, I mean, you've got Jalen Johnson, who I believe is a rookie. They've got Buster Screen, who has not been doing well. They've got... Deshaun Gibson, they, like Sherrick McManus, it's 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 a list of nobodies. And if the Packers can take advantage of that that uh, that deep that deep ball and have a little bit of time up front from that offensive line, that's that's going to do wonders for that for the Packers. So I am going to be looking to see if Aaron Rodgers can take advantage of that Packer or the uh, Bears secondary uh, while the offensive line gives him a little extra time against that tough Bears front seven. So. Dusty, what are you looking at? Yeah, kind of going off of that, it's, I'm, I was looking at passing game as well. Shocker, shocker. Just kind of what what the game plan is going to be. Who are they going to attack there? Because you've got the Bears are a, a good defense. I mean, they're per football size DVOA, third against the pass, third against the run. Pro football focus has them as fifth pass rushing. Uh, so they're, they're very good, very stout in all areas of the defensive game. They do have a couple weaknesses in the passing game as far as looking at DVOA, football size DVOA ratings. They're number one against wide receiver one, so they're very good there. However, the past two games the Bears have played, they've given up over 100 yards to wide receiver one. They gave up, 100, I think, 132 to Justin Jefferson and 101 to A.J. Brown the week before that. So they can, and, and we're going to see Devontae Adams going to get his targets. We know that. Maybe he goes over 100, maybe he doesn't. But they are number one there, but that is an area that the Packers could target. But they're number eight against wide receiver two. They're number one against running back. However, they're number 20, the 21st in the league against tight ends and 30th against other wide receivers. So that this seems like, okay, Adams is going to get his, and then it depends on how you define wide receiver two. At this point, I, I'm just kind of assuming MVS is wide receiver two. 
and to Steve's point, you probably will see some deep shots to him, but I want to see kind of what is the game plan going to revolve around here? Because we even saw against, you know, the Vikings were featuring Dalvin Cook a lot in the passing game, and some got some traction and some didn't, and Jones hasn't been his normal self, it seems like, lately. So I'm looking for a game plan that focuses more on, say, Tunyon and, uh, and some combination of Lazard and EQ. EQ hasn't done much. He had the one catch last week. Uh, they did some good stuff after the run with, and so maybe this is his chance here uh, since since the Bears are a little weaker in that part, especially with the secondary Steve just pointed out. So that's kind of where I'm looking is what was the game plan looking like? They're going to hit Adams, but then after that, is there maybe less reliant on passing to the running backs and more looking looking back at the tight end, give give Tony another big game, and then maybe Lazard. I don't think Lazard was 100% this past game, uh, so get Lazard some targets, and then EQ is like the you know, third or fourth option there. So uh, very interested to see which way they go. All right, so let's jump in. I want to do our prop bet for this game. Uh, Dusty poo-pooed my idea last week Mm -hmm. before it even got to everybody, so he stole it, and now it is apparently my turn. Mm -hmm. So last week we did the output for the Packers offense, and now to have a little fun with the struggling Bears, we are going to do an over-under for the Bears offense. So the over-under is set at 21.5 because the Bears average 19.1 points a game. So, Sarah, you are the most recent loser. What are you going with? I'm going to take the under. I feel like after the defense's poor second-half performance that they hopefully – Emphasis on hopefully uh, we'll focus on you know cleaning a few of those things up um, and have a much better complete game this week. I also just think the Bears' offense kind of sucks, so that played into the decision as well. Um, so combining the two, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under as well. Um, kind of the same reasons. I think uh, part of this is, I mean, we don't know who's starting at quarterback. Is it? <laughs> it Foles, is it Trubisky, or is it Tyler Bray? I was trying to say all of their names without laughing, and I couldn't do it um, <laughs> because that's a really bad trio there. Um, Packers defense has struggled, uh, but I mean, one of, the, one of the areas the Packers defense really struggled in is you got this bend but don't break. I've talked about this here before. Packers are bend but don't break, but then they've been breaking. Uh, I haven't looked recently, but I know as of a couple weeks ago, they were allowing touchdowns on 78% of opponent trips into the red zone. Good news. The Bears are the 31st ranked team in the league at scoring touchdowns in the red zone. They're 48.1% of the time they're in the red zone, they score a touchdown. Second worst, only to the New York Jets. Um, it's never bad to be only better than the Jets. So uh, the Bears are going to have a hard time driving. Um and when they do drive, if they do drive, I guess, and they get in the red zone, um, they're not very good at it. So, yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to take the end of there. Also, my, my favorite thing that I was looking at for this that we kind of talked about beforehand was uh, the Bears scored 13 points against the Vikings defense, and seven of those, their only touchdown came on a kickoff return. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to hammer that under. Yeah, Cordero, Cordero Patterson has more uh, return yards then the Bears have rushing yards for the season, <laughs> which is just I did not know that. That's good. Steve. Fascinating, <laughs> just fascinating. Uh, I know it, it really sucks, and I know I try. We always try to avoid this, but I'm al- I'm also going to take the under. Uh, everything in me says that I should take the over because you, I don't fully trust the Packers' defense and Mike Patton, but 
I feel like the Bears' offense is just that bad. It, they're just that bad, and especially if you have Mitch Trubisky who can't throw the ball to the left-hand side of the field or Tyler Bray who probably can't throw to the right and left side of the field um, <laughs> or Nick Foles who you know will fall over at the drop of a hat. I mean, I feel like the Packers are in a good spot here. So I will also take the under, so we will – We'll we'll be even next week as well, but I hopefully we'll we'll be drawn even uh, as the Packers pull up to an eight and three record. So it is now time for all of your fun fun food questions. I was I was talking to the guys before the show even started about how this is probably one of my favorite episodes is to record all year long because it, there's just food questions all day and it's just so much fun. Uh, before I even get into that, I do want to do a quick shout out to Sir Brian because uh, apparently ESPN Madison had a little conversation about Oreos and he replied directly to Jason Wilde and Wilde and Tausch and said, I'm not even listening until I hear Dusty <laughs> Easley, Sarah Kelleher, and Steve Perhatch's opinion. On the power rankings, and uh, I just gotta say, like our our brain is very strong because this is just outstanding. I loved I love the fact that they know uh, immediately that we need to have our takes our takes heard on the Oreos. So, uh, by the way, that list is just complete garbage. Garbage. Uh, we, we looked through it. Com- looked through it today together, and it's complete garbage. So, but let us jump in. We've got a lot of fun questions, Thanksgiving Day questions. So, first off, Jacob Westendorf, you can force Andy Herman to eat one type of Thanksgiving food. What is it? And then also, what style Oreo is in his dessert? Sarah, you start us off. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or an overbearing parent screaming words of wisdom from the stands, fewer than 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Whether it be 30 years of Hall of Fame QB play in Green Bay or 30 years of quarterback torture in Chicago, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. I would force Andy to eat Brussels sprouts because I feel like a real vegetable that's, like, really gross. Like, I hate Brussels sprouts. I I will eat vegetables, but I'm not a fan of Brussels sprouts. I think a a vegetable in general would hurt Andy, and this is, like, (laughs) all the vegetables. So if I had to force him, if I was being mean, I would force him to eat Brussels sprouts. The Oreo flavor, I found that I would love for Andy Herman to try. It is a limited edition Oreo that is only available in China, but they're, you know, <laughs> you can order it online. You can make things happen. <laughs> is the wasabi-flavored Oreo. Ooh. That's what I would like Man, to do. Andy, you feel free to suspend Sarah because she I just made straight up. You, I know what you're going to say. It's not much better than that. So ever get on you Sarah's don't know bad side, man. You don't know what I'm going to say. You made me go first and be the bad guy before anyone else? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I'm going to kiss ass now. <laughs> It's uh, I'm I think I think that might be my role now, Steve. Um, it depends on how you take it. So it's either uh, make Andy eat 
really terrible food, which is remarkably fun, or try to get him to eat something good that, like, he's only ever had bad versions of before to, like, maybe open his eyes and maybe it's good. So I'm going to go with something for the Thanksgiving food that I recently had. We were talking about this beforehand. I smoked my first turkey today. I did, uh, made my own rub for it and everything, and it came out amazing. Better than expected. One of the best turkeys I've ever had. I think either a smoked turkey or a fried turkey, just put that in front of Andy. Just make Andy eat that, because it's possible he's only ever had, like, dry baked turkey, and, like, that's not great. But if you get, like, a really good fried turkey or a good smoked turkey, maybe you're like, oh, yeah, hey, I was wrong this whole time. This is great. And so... That's what I'm going to give Andy. I'm going to say, Andy, here's your smoked turkey. Eat this. Maybe you like it. And then I'm turning for the second one. I'm making me candy corn Oreos because those things look disgusting and he deserves hell sometimes. So. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, also, side note, I do want the, the recipe for your rub for the, the mm. smoked turkey. I think that sounds really good. I'll and I might, anyway. I, might, I might see if we can work something up on uh, Thursday for that. So. Mm-hmm. As far as forcing Andy to eat a type of Thanksgiving food, I am going to go with uh, cranberry sauce and straight from the can. I just want, like, and I want him to hear the noise of it, like, coming out, like, like, that's just disgusting. And I know, like, two people in my life that like it. It's my wife and my dad that both love it, and everybody else I know hates it because everybody else is normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would like to see Andy eat that. And then uh, as far as in classic stuff, I think I'm going to give him give him a, a pass on that because everybody's super mean to him. So I'm going to give him the regular Oreo. He's just going to be able to cleanse his palate after he had such a horrible, horrible <laughs> gelatinous cranberry sauce. It's just oh. Sounds really bad. So, there you go. Next up, we have Mike Arvo, who wants to know, what food item would you smash in a team meeting if you were the head coach to pump up your team? A la Mike McCarthy. Dusty, we'll start with you. It's fun because I've been rewatching Chappelle's show, and I just rewatched the Black Gallagher skit, like, last week. And so I... uh I was ready for that Mike McCarthy story. It came at a good time in my life. Um, I'm going to go, like, if the team was playing bad. Because you're trying to pump them up, right? Because they were playing bad. And I would just get a just a pile of rotted meat. Just disgusting oh. rotted meat. And be like, this is what you played with, but this isn't you anymore. And just smash it. And it would just be so disgusting. Uh, mo- mostly because I think, I, I think doing that for the Cowboys would be... <laughs> It'd be funny. I want to smash rotted meat in front of the Cowboys. But I, hey, that's, let's do that. Let's a pile of rotted meat and say, if you don't want this anymore, you play better this weekend or else it's more rotted meat. It's like the Tiger King truck, like, backing up, and they're just unloading all of that rotted meat, and I'm just, just smashing it. What the hell is wrong with you? Is yeah, someone else? Is someone else having this? This Jesus. This movie, Dusty, <laughs> is coming out for this question. I'm... I want rotted corpse flesh. Oh, that's good too, Steve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sarah, I I don't. Should we answer this question? I Jesus. Disturbed. Can we move on? Like <laughs> genuinely disturbed, Dusty. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking like Jello with fruit in it that would fly all over the place, but hey, <laughs> it's gonna motivate him. You think Jello's gonna motivate men? Steve, you're trying to motivate men, weird men who play football. 
You're right. And mm-hmm. the rotting flesh, like, is mm-hmm. just a motivator. Stuff, oh, Steve. We agree. Thank you, Steve. Okay. Uh, well, let's just move on, because that was really weird. <laughs> uh, next one up, we've got Neebles, uh, who is, wants to know, what is the Packers' offense, defense, and special teams of Thanksgiving food? Sarah, well, I, I'm going to start with you because I don't know where Dusty's going to go with this. So sure. let's start with you. Okay, so I have a pretty thought-out answer for this. So the offense, I went with mashed potatoes because I feel like mashed potatoes are a pretty consistent dish. You know what you're going to get. They're likable. Um, every now and then they disappoint, but the majority of the time I'm very pleased with the performance or with the taste of mashed potatoes for the Packers' offense performance. Defense, I went with stuffing because I only believe that stuffing is good 20% of the time, and that's how I feel about the (laughs) Packers' defense, is some days I'm like, this defense sucks and I hate it, and then every now and then they surprise me, and I'm like, you know, that wasn't so bad. I liked what I saw there, and that's how I feel about stuffing too. I I know last year on, on our Thanksgiving podcast, I was, you know, all the way against stuffing, and then my mom came out of left field with this, weird stuffing recipe that turned out to be okay. So I'm like, okay, every now and then it can work. Special teams, I picked cornbread because it is dry, oftentimes (laughs) unexciting, but it still has its perks. (laughs) So that's where I went with it. Perks for the special teams is obviously Mason Crosby. You know, he's like the piece where I'm like, okay, I, I like that. He's that he's that first bite where it's still good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still good. But then it becomes dry and unexciting, and I I just can't I can't do it. So that, that that's my uh, or well I can't speak. <laughs> what was that word? <laughs> Rankings Thanksgiving edition. Not not quite as thought out as Sarah's. Uh, for Packers offense, I'm going turkey. Just because, listen, man, whether it's good or whether it's bad or whether it's mediocre, that's the centerpiece. That's what you're talking about pretty much every single week with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, that That is the focal point, uh, regardless of how it is. So just just like turkey, good, bad, mediocre, that's that's the, the main attraction there. Uh, for defense, um, yeah, honestly, kind of the same thing as, as Sarah's, except I hate all stuffing. So, like, green bean casserole, because if it's good, like, it can be really, really good. But most of the times it's, like, either just fine or out-and-out out terrible. Uh, so that's that's my defense. And then special teams, uh, uh, Sarah had Crosby in there. That's fine. I'm actually just going with the uh, the canned, uh, canned cranberry sauce for special teams. <laughs> Because when's the last time it was good besides Mason Crosby? Like, I'm not – listen, I'm not changing the entire food based on a single exception. Uh, they're just – special teams are bad. They've always been bad. They're canned cranberry sauce. Yeah, you guys kind of stole a couple of my answers there. So I, I can't deviate from the turkey aspect of the offense. I really liked that analysis, Dusty. That's uh, kind of where I was going to. It was just that is the focal point of Thanksgiving, and that's what the Packers are. Like, that's offense. It's Aaron Rodgers. That's what they are. Defense-wise, I'm going to go pumpkin pie because sometimes it's sweet, like you see some of the good stuff, and then if you have a little too much of it like you did on Sunday, you see them too much, they're on the field too often, it's just disgusting. Like just, you can't, like, oh, my God, if I never see pumpkin pie again, that would be outstanding. 
And then uh, we will end with special teams, and I will go with the creamed corn because hmm. nobody ever wants to eat creamed corn, and it's horrible and disgusting. And, yeah, that pretty much solidifies special teams for the Packers. They can't punt. They can barely kick. They can't return a punt. They can't return a kickoff, and it sucks. So, But thank you for the questions, Neebles. It uh, was pretty good. Next up, we've got Eric, who wants to know, does Patton keep his job after this season if Green Bay finishes with a winning record but fails to reach the Super Bowl? Also, which offensive or defensive lineman do you think gets, goes hardest at Thanksgiving? So, Dusty, we're going to start with you. Uh, what do you think? Patton sticking around after this year. I think Patton has to do an ungodly an ungodly transformation of this defense to keep his job. Like, they could win the Super Bowl, and I don't think Petten is here next year unless he does something huge, makes some huge drastic changes this defense where they play different. Like, it's the same thing we've seen. You know, we've talked about this in the past. Like, is Petten good or who's just better than Capers? Like, I think he's just better than Capers. Like, we've been seeing the same stuff over and over again. The, uh, was it third and 12? That conversion was maddening where it was like seven defenders all a yard past the sticks. It was like, oh, oh what, what is this? Like, it's too much of that. He he does, he'll, he has a tendency, he can draw up some nicely schemed up pressure packages, and he'll have some nice moments. But uh, I think, I think Pettin has run his course, and more importantly, I think LaFleur believes that Pettin has run his course. I thought LaFleur was getting the can based on how, or Pettin was getting the can, based on how LaFleur was acting at the end of last year, I thought Pettin was gone. Like, I kind of feel like, LaFleur didn't necessarily want him back, but he kind of had to bring him back. So, yeah, I think unless they go on some insane run, Pettin's gone, regardless of what happens here. And uh, offensive defensive linemen, uh, I'll go one from each. I think uh, just Tyler Lancaster and Lucas Patrick just just sitting at a Thanksgiving table could eat the table. Like, those guys just seem like they would just, just go go at everything on that and put it away. I would not get between those guys and their food. Yeah, also seeing um – Seeing Preston Smith running down the field with the tight end trying to catch him for, like, man to man there, like, really, up the team. Really, really, is that a good idea? Is that really a well, good idea? Well, it wasn't no. even terrible coverage, but, like, why do they have him doing that? Yeah. <laughs> in my game recap, I literally said, like, and they caught Preston Smith in coverage, and then in parentheses after, I was like, your guess is as good as mine. Like, just <laughs> why? <laughs> why? That already happened once, and it went horribly, so why would we revisit that? Uh, uh, I agree with everything that you said about uh, Petten, Dusty. Like, I feel like something major has to happen. Um, and clearly, like, it's a problem. Everyone sees it. I think you can tell, like you said in some press conferences, that there's a slight annoyance um, with that. As far as uh, the player um I picked Billy Turner. I could just really see him going hard on Thanksgiving. I think he has, like, a swag to him where he'd be like, give me some of this, give me some of that. I want everything. I'm going to take it all, and I'm going to have a grand old time. So that's I went with Billy Turner. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be fascinating to watch, but uh, there's no way in hell Pettin's here next year. There's no way that that, that happens. Um, <clears throat> as far as the... Offensive or defensive linemen that would go the hardest to Thanksgiving. I'm thoroughly disappointed in the two of you. You saw Bakhtiari just pounding beers, and you're <laughs> like, 
<laughs> no, no. That man would pound all the food. He would continually drink whatever is available to drink, wine, beer, uh, mixed drinks, whatever it is. And he would, yeah, he would smash Thanksgiving dinner, like, left and right. So that, that, that quickly, though. What's that? Beer could fill him up quickly, though. Like he would. Sure, get... sure, yeah, okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever you say. No, no, he would. Uh, no, that's that's completely false. Next up, we've got Eric Rose, who wants to know uh, what national media perception would you strike down with great vengeance and furious anger? Aaron Rodgers is a bad teammate. Packers are soft, or they have no weapons. And the food take, he wants to know your Thanksgiving pie preference and why is it, why is pumpkin the only choice? So, Sarah, let's start with you. Uh, what would you smash down with vengeance and fury? I think I would smash the Rodgers is a terrible leader one just because the Packers are soft and the other one was that they have no weapons, right? I feel yeah. like say that, that's almost like a good thing. Like, if you think the Packers are soft when they have no offensive weapons and then you play the Packers, like, you're going to be you're gonna be a little surprised at what they throw at you. So if you want to think that, great. I think that only, you know, is an advantage for Green Bay. The Rodgers thing has always kind of bothered me because I think he's proved time and time again that he cares about his teammates and that, he, you know, on and off the field, he makes sure that no, they're okay. So that one's just kind of annoying more than anything, and I guess I would squash it with vengeance, as Eric Rose said. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of the the way I went on it. The other two, I'm like, sure, you can think that, but you're wrong in some ways. Yeah, I go the same way, the the, the teammate one. Because, I mean, Sarah, you just even mentioned everything you talk about MVS on McAfee today as far as, like, building him up during the game and giving him a hug after the fact and, like, talking these guys up and, like, everything he does uh, that that you hear and even things you don't hear about, like, on the field, off the field, kind of what what he does, what he means to that team. You can see, uh, you know, he scores a touchdown, he gets hit late, like, kind of those guys celebrating around him. Like, it's it's clear that, and I'm sure he's rubbed some people the wrong way, <clears throat> Greg Jennings, but, for, I mean, for the most part... <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, the guys around him seem to love him, and, and he does seem to have, I mean, just what he says and how the guys talk about him. Like, <laughs> you don't – no one fakes it that much to where you're like, oh, we all got to be on the same page and talk about Rodgers this way. It's not that way. So it's one of those that – it's just so lazy. I just don't – I don't really care about it too much anymore. I just, I just kind of want to stop hearing about it because it's clear that – it's clear that narrative is not actually true. And yet, people keep throwing it out with with very little, um, very little evidence to back it up, and a whole lot of evidence to the contrary. So, uh, I hate that one. Let's get rid of that one. And um, yeah, pie preference, man. I love I love pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie, like great breakfast pie. Um, the one of the underrated ones, and it's because I'm here in Kentucky that I go for as well is a derby pie, which my mom always makes on Thanksgiving. That's like a kind of chocolate and walnut pie. Uh, Amazing, very sweet. Can't have a whole lot of it. That sounds like really good breakfast pie. But yeah, if I only had one, it's uh, it's pumpkin pie. Sarah, did you have a pie take? I forgot to answer the pie, but I would agree that it's pumpkin too. Okay. Um, and I think I'm I'm gonna deviate a little bit with the national take, but I I think I'm kind of tired of all the Tom Brady love and he's amazing and everything like that. Like he walked off the field again after losing and didn't go talk to 
Jared Goff, didn't talk to anybody, just was like, no, I'm done. Like, you know, after a while, if it's a one-time thing, whatever. But this is a time and time again with him. Like, it's just, it's kind of infuriating that he gets this just unbelievable, Tom Brady's amazing, he's the most talented quarterback of all time, He's, he's such a good person, he's all this kind of thing. But he's not. Like, he's not. He's He's a very good quarterback. He's been that good quarterback his entire life, his entire career. He's, um, you know, but he has unbelievable flaws. So I think for me, I think I would smash that one because it's it, it goes hand in hand with Aaron Rodgers. Of the if Aaron Rodgers did that, national media would freak out, and it does. And Brady does it on Sunday Night Football. Uh, what was it Monday Night Football and. You don't really hear much about it, so that would be the thing I would uh, really, really get get upset with. And then, as far as pie goes, you're not really going to hear me argue about a lot about a pie because there's so many good pies. Um, my sister-in-law will do a pumpkin pie. My mom does a pumpkin pie. My sister-in-law will do apple pie, pecan pie, like. And the, as far as you said, Dusty, as a breakfast pie, like my dad has kind of shown me the way of doing apple pie but you can do a little bit of milk in there not too much not too much but you throw some milk in there and all of a sudden you have like it's almost like cereal kind of that's <laughs> yeah, kind of outstanding so that's what i would go do you have one more we have the list of the you have 20 dollars to build your thanksgiving mm-hmm. fantasy lineup and everything is given a value between the main courses, potato dish, side dish, side dish two, and dessert. And then you get 20 bucks. So uh, before we even start, there is one thing at the bottom that says extras are $3 for gravy, $2 for biscuits, $1 for wine rolls, and $1 for cornbread. And I called that out right away saying that's complete crap. Like, you can't, you can't say gravy is extra. Like, that's... Nobody has a plate of Thanksgiving food. It's like, oh, I have to pay extra for that. No, no. So we're just going to alleviate that. So, Sarah, start me off. Build your fantasy plate of Thanksgiving food. Okay, so this was hard because, honestly, all the things that I love were super expensive, and I blew my budget very quickly, so I had to compromise <laughs> a little bit. Um <laughs> So my uh, first $5 pick and my main course would be turkey. I, you know, there's turkey haters out there. I am not one of them. I'm a fan of turkey. I like turkey. I mean, a ham is fine too, but you I want, You want whole turkey straight up? Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. I guess you that chose, was my only question. You I chose poorly, Sarah, apparently. Okay, right. let's turkey. Um, so I went with turkey. Then... For my potato, if I could choose, I would choose mashed potatoes, but they're very, they were $5, um, and I also like sweet potatoes, which were $1 cheaper at $4, so I went with sweet potato, um, you know, put a little brown sugar, butter on that, and it's money, very good. Um, my first side dish, I went with mac and cheese, which was $5, because I've talked about this before. As a child, my mother never let me eat mac and cheese, so I did not have it for many years of my life, and now, you know, at Thanksgiving, that was, like, my time to shine every year. It was like, okay, we're going to have mac and cheese um, at the Kelleher household, and yeah, that was it. I went I went hard for that. So uh, that was one of my side dishes. 
Um, okay, for my second side dish, this is where I had to compromise a bit because everything started to become way too expensive. So my family has a good green bean casserole. So I went with that, you know, like putting cheese on it, onion, bacon. Like if it's just like generic, no. But I picked casserole as if, you know, it was the one that I'm used to eating that I really like. Um, and that is definitely uh, has some spices in there, spicing it up a little bit. And then with my final, um, let's see, $3. Or, yeah, wait, yeah, $3 left. I went with sweet potato pie. Um, I like mo- like a good amount of pies, not a huge pecan fan. I like pumpkin and apple are like my two favorites, but those were too expensive. And sweet potato pie is Pretty similar to pumpkin pie, uh, if you've never tried it before. So that's what I want. It's really not that bad. It's not as bad as it sounds. I swear. It's really, it's really not that bad. She says, "Good. That's a good selling point, Sarah. Good selling point." Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So that was my meal: turkey, sweet potatoes, mac and cheese, green bean casserole, and sweet potato pie. All right. Um, I went with the main dish. I went ham, uh, slightly less than turkey, and we were talking about it. If given the choice between the two, I'd, I'd take the ham. I did like the smoked turkey I just made, but give me the ham, so that's $4. Uh, my potato dish, I'm going mashed because I looked at the other ones, and nah, I mean, roasted, you could talk me into roasted maybe, like if it's a good one, but those are never quite, like, crispy enough. I've never had them quite good enough, and the baked potatoes are fine, but whatever. Uh, side dish one, Nothing. Nothing, man. Just just throw the entire thing out. It's stuffing, it's corn, it's casserole, green bean casserole, it's collard greens, and it's beets. I'm good. I don't need any of those. I'm fine. My second side dish, so the side dish two category, mac and cheese, because I'm throwing out everything from side dish one specifically so I could have mac and cheese for all the reasons Sarah said. My dessert, I'm going pumpkin pie, because, like, nothing else in there, like pecan pie, I, I, pecan pie is fine, and apple pie is fine, but, like... Carrot cake. I'm not a serial killer. Nah, no. I mean, pumpkin pie. <laughs> that leaves me one dollar left. I'm at nineteen dollars. So I'm going cornbread. I know Sarah was like, it's dry or whatever, which is fine. I almost just didn't put anything on there, but I wanted to have my even twenty. So ham, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, pumpkin pie, cornbread. And I'm gonna go. I'll start white meat only. So that'll start me at three bucks. So I'm gonna go mashed potatoes, stuffing, and mac and cheese. I am going to skip completely dessert, which pains me a little bit, but I don't really care that much because I want the green bean casserole, uh, and then I'll have all the extra little, like, you know, gravy, biscuits, all that kind of stuff on the side. So uh, that will be my ultimate meal. I will just overload myself with the first plate, and then I'll be so stuffed that I won't be worried about uh, dessert. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good day. It's gonna be a good day on Thursday. So, uh, all right, let, let's uh, close it out. Sarah, what do you got for us? Yeah, but I mean, besides my um, weekly recap that'll be out on Sunday, just wanted to wish everybody a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. I know it might look a little different this year for a lot of people, but um, it doesn't mean you still can't make the most of it and enjoy some quality time, you know, with people that you love and care about. So, you know, I'm thankful for Dusty and Steve and the fact that we get to do this every week and thankful for you guys for always listening. And um, for those of you who always, you know, send questions to us every week or 
defend our Oreo takes uh, to strangers online. Um, really just grateful that we have the opportunity to do this. And um, on a week like this, it reminds me just, you know, how lucky I and just thankful I am to be able to have fun with Dusty and Steve and do this every week. So, you know, wishing everybody the best, hoping everyone has a ton of food, um, and then the next day has a ton of leftovers and watches a ton of football and then watches even more football the next day and then the NFL on Sunday. So uh, wishing everyone the best and, yeah, I hope it's, I hope it's a good one. Yeah, and for me, um, I've got my normal stuff. So yesterday over on Packer Report I had a uh, an article about the, uh, I guess the concept is all go halfback team, which is a really fun concept. The Packers run at least uh, once a game at this point, uh, and they ran it two different times this past week. One was a near-missed at MVS, and then another one was a check down MVS in space. So uh, same concept, but run two entirely different ways with different personnel groupings. Uh, really, really fun concept. Big, big fan of that. So uh, that's up over Packer Report now. And then today at Packer Report, you can read um, about some pressures I liked, which was basically three things of just – <laughs> Rashawn Gary just abusing people. Uh, Rashawn Gary had a really, really nice game. So uh, you get to watch him use some different moves there, which is awesome. And then um, later today over at Cheesehead is Passing Chronicles. So normally what I do is I, I take maybe a couple plays and I kind of match those together. Hey, here's a couple things that are kind of similar, and the rest of just kind of like a mishmash of stuff I liked or didn't like. This week they ran um, a mirrored smash uh thing with smash is a is an old west coast thing of basically a, an outside curl and then a corner route over the top of it uh they ran a version of that seven or eight times this past week i've got seven of them in there so basically the passing chronicles this week is all just mirrored smash and the different ways they ran it and how they were successful with it and that's what ended up coming down to that uh the the big play at the end of regulation where Rodgers missed Adams in the back of the end zone. That was the last mirrored smash. And that was actually the only mirrored smash concept that they threw an incomplete pass on. It was something like Rodgers was 6 for 7 with 158 yards on that concept on the day, and his only incomplete pass was that one. And Rodgers talked about that play on McAfee a little bit, so I've got, I got that a little bit in the column. Um, I felt real, real smart because I wrote that, and I did this whole big write-up about that specific play and how some other stuff kind of informed that and kind of what they were looking for and the, the, the idea of a mirrored concept and what you're looking for. And as I, was, as I finished it up, Someone messaged me and said, uh, hey, Rogers is talking about this on McAfee right now. So I, went, <laughs> so I went over there and got to hear him talk about that play and how like the play from earlier kind of informed why he went to Adams. And I was spot on with the vast majority of it, and it made me feel kind of smart. So uh, that'll be up on Cheesehead today. Again, and really, really fun look at just one concept and the different ways uh, they ran that and kind of the success they had with it. So it's uh, kind of different this week, but it was a fun one. Look at you, smarty pants. Thinking just like Aaron Rodgers, I mm-hmm. like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a lot. I mean, just continually wear a mask if wherever the hell you are. Like it's it's a good thing for you. It's a good thing for other people. Um, shows you care about other people. Uh, so keep keep doing that. We can try to kick this thing in the ass a little bit. Uh, enjoy time with your family if you are doing that. Enjoy time with them zooming. Just you know. It's going to be different. It's going to be weird, but take it for what it is. You know, you're you're still trying to spend some time with people that you love and, and do that and, and enjoy that on this Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy some football. We will be back next week, hopefully talking about a Packers victory over the Bears. And, um, yeah, have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a safe holiday. And, as always, Go Pack Go!
The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.